Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, is coming to you live from the Temple of the Universe in Columbia. Glad to have you with us across the Mid-State. Mo Patton and J.P. Plant alongside myself. And we get a chance to talk a little Nashville Predators hockey and welcome in the public address voice of the Green Hill Hawks, Christopher Martell. What's going on, man? Hi, gentlemen. How are y'all? We're doing well, Chris. Appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon. Um, We are not bringing Christopher on, however, to talk about Green Hill football, especially especially considering where we are since (laughs) Columbia Central is 0-2 against Green Hill. Yeah, we get right out of town. We talk talk much more about them. Yeah, so, um, but do want to talk to the author of Tales from the Nashville Predators locker room about where this local National Hockey League franchise stands right now in terms of its pursuit of a Stanley Cup. You know, I think this team is really kind of at a crossroads. Uh, This is something that I think we have said over the last couple of years as well. This team is at a crossroads. This team is at a crossroads. Uh, But when you look at where they have gone since getting to the Stanley Cup final just a handful of years ago, uh, it's not a real positive outlook. Uh, This is a team that went from the Stanley Cups, uh, Stanley Cup final in in 2017 to uh, losing a very tight series against Winnipeg in the semifinals the next year, uh, then lost to Dallas and then Arizona and now losing to Colorado, uh, all first round exits. And it's not something that really can really be taken lightly uh, considering what the what the level of success looks for uh, looks like for the Predators uh, in their history and what the level of expectations are now, uh, not just from ownership, but from the fans. So when, when you look at all that put together, I think this is kind of a team that really kind of finds themselves on the cusp of making some serious decisions uh, regarding uh, head coach, but not just the head coach, but also the front office as well. And uh, the, it, for all intents and purposes, this is probably the biggest fork in the road the Preds have seen in probably a good decade, probably since the loss uh, or the 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 removal of Barry Trotz as head coach. And Chris, when you talk about having decisions to make, who's going to make those decisions is perhaps the biggest decision that needs making. Yeah, and, and I think – you you have to take it one step at a time. If if ownership decides that uh, 72-year-old David Poyle is still the man for the job, uh, then he's going to continue to be the general manager for however long he's going to be the general manager for. Then you have to look and say, okay, well, what's David Poyle going to do in the case of John Hines? John Hines' contract is effectively over outside of an option for next season. Uh, has John Hines done a good job with the Predators as a whole? I think he has, but there are some semblances of issues that could be looked at as like, hey, this is not 
really a good approach for this team that's always been defensively sound. Uh, gaps inside of major holes in the neutral zone that lead into offensive zone rushes on the opposite end. What can really be done about that? There are small little nuances there that really have to be taken into consideration if you keep John Hines present. Has the special teams, have the special teams been better under Hines? Absolutely. But being exposed by Colorado in the first round, especially on the penalty kill, is absolutely a problem. In the regular season, I thought they did fairly well. But if you take John Hines outside the equation, you get to a point where you say, okay, well, if we're not talking about John Hines here and we're talking about David Poyle, who makes that decision? Well, that's going to fall on the ownership group. And this is a group that really hasn't been super vocal in terms of uh, what they, uh, in terms of their expectations <clears throat> for, for the team and uh, for the outlook of the organization going forward. They kind of let it put in the hands of uh, Sean Henry and David Poyle in terms of hockey operations. <clears throat> but if that, decision is going to be made then ownership is going to have to step out and say hey we've had a good 24 year run with david poyle but maybe it's time to go a different path that i think is the that's the biggest issue with the nashville predators is the size of its ownership group and i you know i don't know how many times how many times do they get together and say you know Hey, let's uh let's have a conversation about what's going on because like like you said, they've just kind of let let Sean take it, take it and and that's worked for the most part. Again, it's not like the Predators have missed the playoffs for a couple of years and and I guess my biggest thing Chris is do and we asked this question earlier, is it time for a complete teardown and rebuild or is this what or is what they have been doing the last couple of years worth it because the young guys they do have are making an impact in the AHL and could potentially make that move to the NHL sooner than, rather than later you know i think this is an organization that that has a lot of good talent in the cupboard uh, a lot of potential talent uh, but in the same regard I think this is an organization that needs to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and go with the full rebuild. We've, we've seen them kind of hang on and make the playoffs and not really do a whole bunch when they get there over the last handful of years. And, and, and really since the, the loss to Winnipeg in Game 7 in 2018, mm. after being so successful in that season, winning the President's Trophy and just literally – just fizzing out in the playoffs. There hasn't been a real stellar improvement uh, of not just the, the, the core itself, but not, I, I wouldn't say mismanagement of uh, Nashville's prospects, but we haven't really seen a whole lot of development from the AHL level to the NHL level. They haven't, we haven't seen a lot of transition in that sense. And there are some good prospects coming up. Of course, you have, you've seen uh, Philip Tomasino. He's looked really well this year, 76 games, 32 points in those 76. So you're looking at almost a close to a half a point per game player. Didn't play on the top lines all season. Is that a coaching issue? You kind of go back to that. But then you have the Athena Sayoff. You have Luke Evangelista, who is 
who could absolutely be a prodigy with how he did with the London Knights this year in the OHL. There, the prospects are there. But at the same time, some of the pieces that are in play right now for the current Predators roster really don't need to be there. The, the Luke Cunnins, uh, I would even venture to say, you know, the Nick Cousin, uh, Nick Cousins on the roster. And, and you look towards the high dollar players in, in the Matt Duchesne's and in the Ryan Johansson. Now, did Matt Duchesne have a great season? Absolutely. You could. I don't think you really could have asked more for Matt Duchesne in the no. regular season. I mean, you really couldn't have. Uh, but you know, certainly didn't expect anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, g- considered what we saw last season as right. opposed to this season, I, I mean, it's night and day. So I, you really couldn't have asked for more or seen more. Uh, then you get into whether does Philip Forsberg deserve eight to $10 million, probably on the higher end of the $10 million. Uh, a lot of massive questions there, but all in all, you get back to the big point. There's not a star player for this organization, no matter how you look at it. Uh, Philip Forsberg is not going to be a top 10 player in the NHL. Matt Duchesne's never going to be a top 10 player in the NHL. Ryan uh, Roman Yossi, for as great of a defenseman as he is, and even probably winning the Norris Trophy this year, he's not a top 10 player in the NHL. He's not going to be. And the only way the Predators are going to get that is by doing a rebuild and getting themselves a top three draft pick and actually having a picking someone that's going to be able to flourish in a system designed for them. And right now it's just not set up that way. And that also goes back to uh, David Poyle's draft history. He's never drafted a top offensive prospect. And you can even look at it and say, well, Kevin Fiala. Well, maybe Kevin Fiala, but Kevin Fiala was traded for Mikel Granlund to the wild and now look at him with Minnesota. So it's, there's a lot of factors in play here, but I am of the belief that I really think Nashville just needs to rip that bandaid off and proceed with a rebuild. Christopher Martell, author of tales from the Nashville predators locker room with us here on main street sports today. And you know, that Chris Martell is all in on hockey. Just when you hear him pronounce the word organization, (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the Canadian pronunciation is, yeah. of it for sure. But, you know, Chris, <laughs> you, you mentioned the fact, you know, David Poole, 24 years, he's the only, the only GM that this franchise knows. And at this point, you just don't know if, or maybe you do know that you can't trust him with, you know, a high draft pick, as you just mentioned. I mean, what is the reluctance since you've used the term pull the band-aid off, what is the reluctance to move on from, you know, a Barry Trotz who we finally did part ways with, who Chris has a question about that, by the way. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> what is the reluctance to make that move with the general manager, you think? You, you know, I, I think it may be a fear of the unknown. I think that's, if anything, that's the biggest, that's the biggest question mark is like, well, we could have someone that we've trusted for the last 24 years, or we can kind of pull someone out of the depths and hope, hope it'll work well. That's the only real scenario I can envision as to why Nashville wouldn't do this. Has general, has David manager, David Poyle been a good general manager for the predators? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's no questioning the fact that he's brought success to a, um, a expansion franchise and had success over the last 24 years. 
but it's not the level of success that the expectations for Nashville have been set at now. He has a Stanley Cup final appearance. Yes, no cups. He's one general manager of the uh, general manager of the year. He's won a president's trophy. He has one conference title, two division titles, 14 playoff appearances, all with the Preds. Now, all of the accolades outside the playoff appearances came in a span of two seasons, 2016-17, 2017-18. And people always talk about, <clears throat> well, the window of opportunity. It's still a little bit open. No, the window of opportunity was 2016 to 2018. That window is closed. It is closed no matter no matter what statistics, what analytics you want to put out there. That was the window of opportunity for Nashville. It is now closed. And unless you want to waste the full career of a player like UC Saros, for example, uh, or even waste the back end of a career of a player like Roman Yossi, the ownership has to decide what can we do and why aren't we making this decision? Because if you look at everything, the entire the entire body of work and compare it to anybody on the open market for a general manager, or even, even then maybe a intern, maybe a player, maybe a, a retired player, somebody that has that level of experience. Maybe they haven't been a general manager to this point. We've seen other gen- people that have never been general managers come in and have success. Uh, it's at this point in time, the ownership has to really kind of, really sit on this and think, you know, we've got to make some kind of decision. So we can't be afraid of the unknown, but I really think that's part of the reason is just a real fear of the unknown. You've sat with a guy for 24 years. It's, it's kind of like a marriage, you know, I mean, are they going to, are they going to give the divorce papers or are you just going to sit there and kind of live with it? That is the question. If, David Poyle is the guy. Do you think he sticks with John Hines real quick? I'd be willing to bet that John Hines's contract will be uh, optioned for the next year. I think they would be willing to give him one more season and uh, really kind of see what happens after that. But if, if I'm a fan watching this team and, and you see both Poyle return – and Heinz's contract option for the next season, I wouldn't expect much more than you're seeing right now. I mean, have a decent season, get to the playoffs, fizzle out if you can't. But, but not <laughs> win a series because this franchise or organization has never won a playoff series in which Mike Fisher was not a part of the team. You know, I had a feeling that was going to come up at some point. <laughs> so that, maybe crossing my here's an idea. Let's hire Mike Fisher in some role. In some capacity. <laughs> yeah. Get him on the payroll some kind of way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, I, I mean, he way. lives here with his wife. You, you could always put him as a you know a special consultant what? to the team. Chipper Jones, right? There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Chris, man, thank you so much for taking time with us. We appreciate it. We uh, are looking forward to more talks with you down the road, perhaps during football season. 
Hey, I'm all for it, guys. You know, the Green Hill Hawks are going to have themselves a good year, I think. All right. Hey, hey. Yeah. Who is the real good tight end for them? Oh, uh, Braden Staten. Yes. Six that, foot five, Braden Staten. That dude's a stud, man. Definitely a he kid to keep. He is being recruited by about 30 different schools right now. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Super looking kid. Looking forward to seeing him this fall. Chris Martell. Yes. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break. Some NBA talk on the other side of it, but also some high school stuff. Not just Grizzlies, though. The NBA has added some playoff trophies and has renamed some. We'll tell you what the new names for these NBA trophies are when we come back on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Ball & Joint. 